Coming up on BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, the Cougs make it three wins in a row with victories over Nevada and Utah State, and they get back into the bracket projections. The head coach is in studio to look back and ahead as BYU Basketball with Mark Pope starts now. This is BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, presented by Siegfried and Jensen. And now, your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Welcome back inside Studio C at the BYU Broadcasting Building in Provo for another edition of BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, our weekly closer look at the BYU Hoops program. As always, we invite you to join our conversation by submitting questions for Coach Pope on Twitter using hashtag PopeShow. You can do the same on the BYU TV Sports, Facebook, and Instagram accounts. Coming up on tonight's broadcast, we recap last week's Nevada and Utah State games and preview Saturday's showdown with Weber State. We'll go inside the film room with assistant coach Cody Feger. We'll take a look at BYU's strength and conditioning program. We'll learn more about Dalton Nixon in our weekly Deep Blue feature. And we'll visit live in studio with assistant coach Chris Burgess. Let's get right into tonight's show. Get it on the road by welcoming in BYU's first-year head coach and the man who got brownies into the building tonight, Mark Pope. Hey, coach. Thank you. So... Most I feel, nights. I feel like we got so much to talk about. We're not going to get to any. We got so much to talk about right now. Including confections that are out in the lobby. The brownies, yeah. first of all, you get it done. <laughs> Look at this. That's Look incredible. at the selection of brownies we have in the lobby tonight. And wait, who's already getting what, what? Jerem. Jerem what Jordan. Is he? No, these are for after. Oh. First of all, I got a big lecture because, you know, we're trying to win an Emmy. Like, thank you for coming because <laughs> by the end of the season, we are going to win an Emmy for at least for the producer of the best sports talk show. That is the goal here, right? That's what we're getting done? Yeah. So, Jeremy, I was like, I kept calling him the director. He's like, I'm not the director. I'm the producer. I guess there's a big difference. And I'm just the host, and you're just the coach. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, most days, we're going to do the show right after practice. You're going to walk over from the annex and come join us here. But today, you didn't come from the annex. You came from the airport. Yes, yes. You just flew in for the show. Yes, we, uh, we, we played Saturday night and then went on a whirlwind. You know, it's finals right now, so uh, we, we kind of shut the guys down for a couple of days so they can study and actually pass their classes, which they take seriously. And um, so, uh, so it's my one little window. So we went, New Me- we went Phoenix, New Mexico, uh, Baltimore, D.C., and then Pittsburgh this morning and just got in. Since the Utah State game. Yes, yeah, since the Utah State And... <laughs> So I, I rolled into Roswell, New, New Mexico. Think about that. You know Roswell. Home of the Jetsons like, and home of the so UFOs. If you drive through downtown Roswell, every other store is like a Alien this, alien that. Alien yes. store. Who goes there <laughs> and buys alien stuff? So I've been telling you. So speaking of interesting places. So I was in the airport last night. I landed in Pittsburgh. And I'm sitting there in the rental car waiting for someone to show up at the booth to let me out of the airport. It's like 1.30 in the morning. <laughs> And so I'm just, I'm stuck. So I, I'm like, I got the show tomorrow. So I'm going to, let me do some research on this Greg Rubel. No. So I Wikipedia. No, it can't be that. Now, here's the thing. I knew everything on Wikipedia. I knew everything that was there, except I did not know where you're from. And you know, now that I'm from. Uh... That's the greatest thing I've ever heard. I'm going to make an attempt. First time on national TV to say this out loud. You are from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. <laughs> that was very close. How do you? That was. <laughs> that's not right. It's really close. I practiced all day. Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. So yeah. that's got to be your intro. Like your intro's got to be now. Tune in to BYU TV or BYU Radio with Greg Rubel, the 
to receive a serenade from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, <laughs> or whatever, a soliloquy or something. That's genius. Ooh, a Saskatoon soliloquy. I like the way that like sounds. So yeah, that's that back in the day. Yes, my growing up days. Yeah. <laughs> that's fantastic. Prairie boy. Uh, hey, uh, it, was a, it was a great week for you guys, uh, even before you left town. Uh, it, you, you got a pair of wins over two Mountain West Conference teams last week, uh, starting with, uh, with Steve. Oh, let's get right to it. Yeah, Steve Alford in Nevada. This was one week ago tonight, as it turned out, at the Marriott Center. These uh, stats and highlights are presented by Intermountain Healthcare. It's Henry Childs yeah. uh, from the post, man. He's just, he's just causing problems for people because the guys are shooting it so well, and he's He's just making great passes out of the post, like these last two. And when you think about the game, Connor Harding finishes his big-time little scoop shot finish. When you think about this game, you think about all the ways you can penetrate. Your goal is to somehow get into the blue, get into the paint. And having him down there is a guy that we can we can start our offense through, and, and he's so good at, at beating double teams and passing out. It's, it's just been fun. It's TJ Haas. Last two games, he's just making shots, isn't he? He just wants to start out the game by making two or three threes. And Jake, don't let him go left through a switch and pull up. And guys, this was a big game for us. This was really important. This Nevada came in, team came in on fire and um, playing really, really well. And it was our first time to be home in a while. You only had a scoreless first half and then got right into it. It was really hard because they were coming to double team in the post every single possession in the first half. And so one of the keys was to get him post catches in transition. It's much harder to double. And when he comes up with 50-50 balls like that, 50-50 balls were such a huge emphasis for us. When he's a man down there and coming up with balls like that, it's really important. He had a big-time second half. Get Great ball movement transition. here, right? Big Kobe. Let's go, Kobe, rim to rim. Kobe Levers. Kobe Levers. <laughs> no doubt about it. Uh, the guys are working really well in transition, and, and, and it's when we're at our best, when we're really sharing the ball and moving in transition. And uh, we, we actually didn't shoot the ball great in this game, uh, but the guys played unbelievable defense as, as well as they did against Utah State. It was a really good for us, uh, week for us on the defensive end of the ball. And, and this was a team that came in having scored a ton of points in their last couple games, and, and they helped, you held them to 42 on the night. Yeah, we talked about it on the show the night before. I was in a full sweat. If you go back, you'll see I literally had sweat every time. I think about them averaging 99 points in the last two games, one of, one of them being at Air Force. And, uh, our guys really locked in. Uh, it was Coach Robinson scout, and he did an unbelievable job getting our guys locked in exactly how we could guard. And, and uh, it was a huge game for us, and it was a little bit of payback for going to their place and losing a great game the year before. And, and uh, so it was a, a really good way to start the week. And uh, Coach Alfred here within a week or two is going to be at 600 wins for his career. I mean, yeah. this is a guy that's done it a lot of places. Man, he's a great coach, and, and he's going he's gonna to get amazing things done in Nevada just like he has everywhere else. And, uh, I think for BYU faithful, it was fun to have him in the gym again because that was such a great rivalry with Coach Rose and him when he was at New Mexico. And, and uh, you know, these Mountain West teams, um, it's fun because there's history. And so we got five of them this year, and hopefully we can keep playing them. Steve was 5-4 and four against BYU for his career. He's 5-5 five and five now. And that was back-to-back wins uh, following your most recent loss. You got those wins against uh, UNLV, then Nevada. You were going for three in a row by taking on Utah State uh, this past Saturday on the home floor of the Utah Jazz. Back at Bivens Smart Home Arena for the second time in a week. Another good start for you guys. Yeah, this was really fun, right? TJ started off the game the same way. Yep. Banging a couple shots for us. Uh, he's been really, really good. And this is a great example we talk about keeping the dribble alive. It's a huge principle for us. Because when you keep the dribble alive and cross through the baseline, it totally, in one bounce and one step, it totally redictates where the defensive rotation has to come. You go from being the strong side corner to the dig guy to the to the to the fill guy, and it's hard for defenses to do. And 
We would get our point guards uh, catches a lot of different ways. That's off a strong stagger. Uh, TJ was really, really good kind of carrying us through the first half. And this pass, mm. is Dalton Nixon? He's yeah, a was. star. Yeah, no. I mean, you look at this. I think it's showing slow-mo right here. <laughs> I mean, that is a, that's an exceptional pass. First of all, the catch is so big time. And for him to have the wherewithal to find the corner. To whip it around the body of Keita? Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, that, that's, that might be the highlight of the entire game. And for him to have the trust in his teammate that he's going to be in the corner. With a kiss! Jake Toulson, the great Bill Rafferty. Can we get a Bill Rafferty hello in here? One of the great commentators of all time. Uh, Jake finished off the hats for us really well there. And then they go to this 1-3-1. And not they, they not quite a send it in Jerome moment, but it no. was Dalton at the front of the ribs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this one three one. They played it the last fifteen minutes of the game. Yep, and it kind of got us stuck a little bit. And and really, AB was uh, Alex Barcelo was the guy who kind of kind of unlocked it, right? Uh, just penetrating from that wing and the gap. And, it's a one point game late. Yeah, uh, going, going, actually, and going this from was yeah. his best game so far. He's still not moving like he will. Uh, and we talked about this Justin being a lot. Uh, he was in foul trouble a little bit in the first half, and that really helped us. And then A.B. just finished his shot, own it, and let's go. Never a doubt. And that was the deal sealer. Checks the feet. They did take a look at it, but he was behind the college line there. And those are the final points of the game as BYU wins it 68-64. to Tremendous win for BYU, what they call a Tier A win in the world of uh, Ken Pomeroy. That'll pay off by the end of the season for sure. And uh, and Yoli Childs, again, a big second half for you. I think he had four in the first half, finishes with 20, another double-double. You say and it's another double-double. That's three straight for him now. Yeah, yeah. And, and in this game, we talked about last week, I think we talked about Yoli in transition. Two games, he was unbelievable in transition defense. Coming from what happened at Utah and just being okay in UNLV in terms of our team transition defense, and he took it on his shoulders to, to fix that and, in the two games he certainly did was an unbelievable effort. And then in transition offense, you know, against that one three one, he had a, a, a tip in uh, early on in the kind of run against the one three one. And uh, he, he's been playing great in transition and, and is, is you know, it's a really quiet 20 and 10, which he can do. That's the thing I was telling somebody is like, oh, how do you only play? He was, he was pretty good. And it was a 20 and 10 night. When you're, when you're, put, when you're 20 and 10 with, you know, that's kind of who he is right now. Yeah. So I, I think I saw you, you put this out, but he's second all time in double doubles now, but yeah. behind the great Kresmer Kosich, which yeah. is, I mean, anytime you're mentioned in, in the same phrase with him, you know you're in rarefied air at BYU. And uh, I, I suspect that he'll, he'll catch that and break it this year just with the way he's playing and how committed he is to filling out all the parts of his game. Yoli was 20-10. and 10. The, the most impressive things about his game, first of all, was his ball screen and ball first defense. Mm. So we, he had a huge responsibility trying to manage this Sam Merrill. They put Sam in a ton of stationary handoffs and ball screen situations, and we were fully committing Yoli to that every single time to a double team with Sam, and he did it without fouling. Uh, so he was extraordinary there, and he was extraordinary in transition defense. And, and those things are not the 20-10, and 10, right? They're the other parts of his game where he's been so great. And he came back with, to his senior season with objectives in mind that you guys kind of shared, right? And we're yep. seeing that get done, aren't yeah. we? Yeah, he's, he's worried. Now, he's, he's still, his ceiling is still so much higher than where he's playing right now. But it's those little things that he's doing. You know, he said this to us uh, six weeks ago. He's like, you know what? I want to I be Dalton Nixon, which is really cool. Because of all the energy things that Dalton Nixon does, and if, if Yoli adds that part to his game, man, the guy's going to be in, in, uh, you know, in a place by himself in college basketball. We're going to get the fans involved right here uh, as we uh, have people weigh in 
with a, uh, a fan polling question. Go to vote.byutv.org. And we'll oh, do that later in the show. We're going to ask about who the MVP was for the Utah State, and we'll hit that later. Right now, let's go a little deeper into the X's and the O's from this past week. And our tactical tour guide is Jerem Jordan of Sports Nation fame. This week, assistant coach Cody Feger takes us inside the film room. All right, Cody, great week. A uh, couple of wins. Let's rewind back to last Wednesday. Uh, I really like the ball movement of this team. You guys have said a lot of times, you don't want the ball to get sticky, meaning stuck with someone. And this play against Nevada really illustrates that. Yeah, 100%. So as Jake's catching this ball, we have a rim runner. All right, now when we get it to Yoli. Now Yoli's plan is, I'm going to get middle, I'm going to get middle, I'm going to get middle. Okay, we got Alex in the corner. We got TJ space, we got Jake space, and now we got Dalt who's gonna dive right to the rim. Yoli's taking middle, taking middle, now pause it. Now Alex is doing a great job, he's getting Yoli's line of vision. And I've seen Alex pass to TJ probably a million times, so I've seen this play a million times in mm-hmm. practice, and it's just an unbelievable, easy, quick pass. And TJ's always ready to shoot. Let's go to Saturday against Utah State. Defensive play of the game, in my opinion. Dalton Nixon again. Makes a great block, but he stays with this play and tips the ball to Jake Tulson. Jake's going to get credit for the rebound, but this is all Dalton next. 100%. We do a good job. We know that their little weave action, they're trying to backdoor Sam Merrill. Connor Harding does a great job sniffing it out. Now they're trying to get Sam the ball. Look at Connor Harding. Yoli's protecting Connor Harding. Yoli's protecting. And Dalton's just big-time block. We got lucky here with Kata. And then Dalton with just relentless effort on, on uh, getting his hand on the ball. And Jake comes up with the, with the big rebound. And this is, I mean, if, if that shot is made, Utah State takes the lead under a minute. You've led for 30 minutes in this game. The pressure would have been on at this point. Yet you maintain possession, and eventually this leads to a, another uh, big shot for BYU. Okay, the play of the game in most people's mind is the dagger. It's not the game-winning shot, but in this play, Jake Toulson told me after the game, Utah State had not shown you a 1-3-1 all year on film, and here they are uh, adapting, and you guys uh, were able to answer the call. Yep, so it's sort of like a 1-3-1, 1-1-3, kind of they're changing it up. Um, they're keeping their five men under the rim. Our, our guard's job was just pause it, was to make kind of Brock Miller kind of run back and forth a little bit. So our guards are just throwing it back and forth and making their defense shift, Okay. Now, Alex, who has been incredible against zones this year, he really gets into the teeth of the defense and makes a really good play here. Yoli, he's going to end up posting up on uh, Kata. Now, look at the spacing we've got, okay? It's going to get Tej's going to be spaced, Jake's going to be spaced. Yoli's going to be, you know, posting up Kata at the rim here or, you know, at the block, basically. Ends up sealing Kata, but we've got four guards out. It's, it's really hard to guard. It's really hard to guard four guys that can really shoot the ball. And Alex Barcelo who's in the gym nonstop, all day, every day, works really hard, makes a big shot. And it's big that he got his foot behind the line because it makes it a two-possession game. In the sense, it was reviewed, that was a big play. Was that win validating in a sense of, okay, we know we're at this level, and now Utah State, who is a team that was in the top 25, has been top 50, now you... Now you beat them, and it's eight in a row. And I guess for some validation, but, but our, like Utah State's a really good team, and... You know, all of our guys just wanted this win so bad. You know, this was a big deal for us. We're, we're excited about it. We're happy about it. Well, congrats on the win, and thanks for breaking down a couple of plays. Appreciate it. Thanks, Appreciate you. it, Cutter. For your day-to-day Cougar Sports play-by-play, watch BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan weekdays noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. 
The guys are live this Friday through Tuesday from Honolulu. There will also be a special live Saturday show at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific, leading up to the Weber State versus BYU basketball game. When we come back, Inside BYU Hoops looks at the Cougs' strength and conditioning program, and we preview the lone game this week against Weber State. This is BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. BYU Basketball with Mark Pope is brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 25 years. The BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. And by Intermountain Healthcare, healing for life. That is the question. Good time Saturday in Salt Lake City. Here's our uh, broadcast schedule for the week. One live hoops game for y'all. It's this Saturday, Weber State versus BYU, 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Radio uh, pregame starts one hour before tip. Well, before the Cougars hit the floor to start the season, they've already hit the weight room under the watchful eye of strength and conditioning coach Eric Shork, as we see now inside BYU Hoops. To prepare ourselves physically for games and for practices, you know, we spend a lot of time stretching, warming up, and then the offseason is a lot of strength and conditioning so that we can get ready to play. During the summer, we did uh, a bunch of different lifts, like things that were good for our cardio, but as well as like bulking up and stuff. I know a lot of guys did pool workouts and things like that, and just uh, running bike sprints, all the hard stuff in the summer really helped pay off now. Coach Short does a great job with our guys, being able to get us ready physically, and you know, as much as it is physically, it's, it's mentally exhausting too to prepare yourself and prepare your body to go to battle every day. Short is the man. Uh, he knows exactly what he's doing to get us prepared both on the court um, and he makes sure that we're taking care of ourselves off the court. My thoughts on Coach Shork is, is he's the man. Uh, you never know what personality you're going to get, but he can be your bro, he can push you, and that's what I love about him. Coach Shork, I mean, that's my mustache brother. Me, him, and Zach, you know, we've been through the ringer with it and uh, he, he's one of the best in the country at what he does. One of the guys that surprises me in the weight room is definitely Taylor Mon. He's a beast. The strongest guy on the basketball team is probably Rich Harward. The dude is a tank. Who's the strongest guy on the team? Though? Me, by far. I'm the strongest guy by far. They really want us, uh, when we're in the weight room, to keep up our endurance, to work through the sets fast, to keep up the pace so that we can prepare ourselves for a whole game, essentially. Cameo from Big Rich there. That was great. There he is. You knew he was going to say, I'm the strongest guy in the gym. <laughs> it's great. This Coach Sork uh, is really remarkable, and, and he's, he's done an unbelievable job t- in terms of training our guys to be stronger and in better condition. But we also threw on him from the first day we got here, we threw on defensive mobility on him. So actually half of his weight room time is spent on the court functionally in the weight room and on the court to improve our guys' defensive mobility. Uh, We have a mobility workout every single day before practice. We do defensive footwork with him. And that was something new to him, and, and it's, it's, it's in the process of making great strides to changing our program. So that's been a huge part. And then, and then, you know, you can tell how much these guys love him, right? And that's probably the most important thing a strength coach does because strength coach's job is to bring you in and torture you every single day. And the great strength coaches have this magical ability where guys keep wanting to come back and get tortured. And we had uh, – 
Zach, who's the only holdout still, and, and Evan, at one point in the season, they had T-shirts made that was the mustache bros, right? Uh, Evan is bailed, but Zach is still hanging strong <laughs> with his mustache. I don't know how. For better or worse. I don't know yeah. how Katie is letting him do that, but it's <laughs> awesome. So uh, he's done a great job for our program. Let's take a look at the week ahead in BYU basketball. Final exams during the week for the guys, then a one game at the end of the week. It's a fourth in-state game. You've already played Southern Utah, Utah, Utah State. Now it's Weber State coach, a Randy Ray's team, looking for their first ever win in the Marriott Center. Yeah, and they're, they're good. Uh, you know, they're really explosive is probably the best way to say it. Um, they're playing four and sometimes five guards. They're playing really, really fast. They're playing a ball screen motion, which we know really well and is, is really dangerous. Uh, they got a couple kids that on any given night could put up 40. Um, so it's going to be a huge challenge for us. And there's a lot of incentive, too. It's our last game before Christmas, which is huge incentive. Uh, more importantly than that, uh, you know, they, they crushed us last year uh, at their place. And so there's some payback and it should be easy to take them really seriously. And, and even more important than that is we're in a good spot right now in terms of where our program is. And we got to double down on that and keep winning. They've got a non-D1 game tonight. You'll get a little more film after tonight's game, and then they'll get ready for this weekend game on, uh, on Saturday. Uh, Randy Ray's, I mean, got a great record up there. They've yeah. won league titles and been to NCAA tournaments. And uh, I know last year he felt like they were below what he would consider his team's standard, trying to get that back this year. Yeah, and, and listen, he's had such an amazing tenure up there, and he's one of the coaches I really respect. In fact, you know, I've hit him up multiple times over the course of the last four years uh, just looking for advice, and he's mm. been really generous that way. And He's a, you know, he's 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 a tenured guy, and so we know we're going to have everything we can handle, and, and we're going to have to come really, really compete to to, to have a chance. You know, they say uh, look good, play good. Uh, we say look good, coach good, which brings us to another instant poll here on the Pope Show. Another chance for you to vote, fans, at uh, vote.byu.org. Which color tie should Coach Pope wear on Saturday? Navy blue, royal blue, or other? And other could be anything, right? But uh, if we give you numbers later in the show that say the people have spoken, would you do it? Of course, because this is like we're a community here. But I will say that with this caveat is that uh, the whole Cougar Nation, if everybody puts in their vote, they'll still be probably trumped by the one vote that really matters. And that's <laughs> Which is Leanne's. from Leanne's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, give me some feedback. I'll send it to Lee and let her deal with that. OK, we're working on the numbers. We'll run them for you. and We'll see what we get later in the show on that. Let's head to break with a word about the women's basketball team playing in the Maui Invitational starting tomorrow night at 1030 Eastern, 730 Pacific against San Jose State. Then Thursday, back at it in Lahaina, where the men were just last month. They'll take on number four, Oregon State. That's a late one. That'll be a past midnight in the Eastern time zone, 1030 Mountain, 930 Pacific. You can hear both games on the BYU Radio and the BYU Cougars apps. Fans, you can have your groceries waiting to be picked up or better yet, dropped off at your front door. It's all done online at smithsfoodanddrug.com or on the app on your phone. Download the Smiths app and save time. Shop online. After the break, we go Inside the Numbers and presents a brand new Deep Blue featuring senior forward Dalton Nixon. This is BYU Basketball with Mark Poe. BYU Basketball with Mark Pope is brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 25 years. And by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. 
Welcome back to BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, presented by Siegfried and Jensen. Checking in on our Cougars in the pros Friday. Brandon Davies and FC Barcelona played Jimmer Fredette and Panathinaikos in a EuroLeague game, which Barcelona won by 12. Davies had 12 points. Jimmer had 19. Afterward, they uh, swapped jerseys and took this picture. And Eric Mika, not pictured, had a double-double. 35 points, 12 rebounds for the Xinjiang Flying Tigers in China. All right, so roughly a third of the way through college basketball's regular season and the NCAA yesterday releasing its first net numbers of the season, net having replaced RPI as the NCAA's primary assessment metric. So the first numbers are out, and uh, let's go inside the numbers now, presented by Mountain America Credit Union and see where BYU showed up in the first net rankings of the season. Last year, BYU opened at 89. This year, BYU opens Coach Pope at 42. So, first of all, this is a little bit of a, but but I'm sitting there, uh, was it yesterday, Monday? It yeah. all blurs together. Monday morning, hit and refresh. I hit refresh like 20 times on my NCAA because I'm waiting for this net to come down. And as I'm doing it, like it's Christmas morning for us, I'm like, there's one other person in the world that is sitting here hitting refresh. And I was like, this Greg Rubel knows exactly how I feel right now. He can't wait to see these numbers. I was doing that, yeah. Uh, which is ridiculous because it, it doesn't have a lot of – I don't know how much it means right now, but it just is. It's a, it's a metric, right, that's important. And um, so, you know, it's uh, – this gives us a marker for where we are right now and, and, and gives us a baseline for, for how we can improve and grow. So those five quad one games, that's a big number. Only three other teams have played five quad games. You're the only team that's actually won multiple quad ones. I say quad one games. you got a couple there. And uh, the NCAA does and always has respected the fact that you go play some people. Yeah, uh, it's a big deal for us. In fact, it, the, the pendulum, you know, uh, Joe Lenardi came and spoke at the WCC head coaches meeting and talked about how the pendulum has swung so far to you just have to play a ton of quad one games. And it doesn't even matter that much if you win them all. He's just like, you have to play them to give yourself a chance to win those. So the fact that we have five on our belt so far, and hopefully that stays five, and, and, and hopefully that number grows, uh, it bodes well for us in terms of being in a position where we'll have a chance to, to be in the conversation. Okay. From inside the numbers to up close and personal in our weekly feature we call Deep Blue. And tonight, we get to know better BYU's super senior, Dalton Nixon. Dalton Nixon is a winner. He has no personal agenda on the floor other than winning. He is such a hard worker in everything that he does. If he has his mindset to doing something, he works so hard at that. He's the hard worker, the passer, the rebounder, the screener, the defender. He sacrifices everything uh, just to win games. I know he's super physical because every single game almost he's hurt in some different way. Either he's getting stitches on his face or getting hit in his stomach. He sacrifices his body for the team, and he leaves everything he has on the court every single game. You get a guy like Dalton Nixon on your team, and you can build a whole entire culture of your program, not just in your locker room, but in your staff, in the fan base. And it's unbelievable to get a chance to coach him. My dad played for BYU in the early 90s, and growing up, I always heard about him being a BYU basketball player, hitting the shot to win the conference championship and send him to the NCAA tournament. With 2.4 seconds left, caught the ball at the opposite free throw line, took a couple dribbles. They get it inbounds to Nixon, fires one up at midcourt, good! And nothing but net. So we win the WAC championship in 1992 and 
probably one of the shots that I'm most well-known for at BYU. Legacy players, legacy families are a huge part, maybe a bigger part of BYU than any other university in America. If you just think about Dalton, you know, his dad has one of the greatest shots in BYU history to win a game from three-quarter court. And it's been an integral part of BYU basketball for decades. And of course, Dalton is carrying on that legacy, and it's an important part of what BYU is, and the Nixon family has certainly been a huge part of that. You could see that he was going to be a pretty big kid. His dad and mom are pretty pretty tall and uh, both played college basketball. So at about sixth or seventh grade where he really became dedicated to the sport. That's really when his journey really began. He, he spent a lot of time, hour upon hour, in the gym, uh, going to church gyms and school gyms. And he spent a lot of time uh, working on basketball. You could tell at that time that he really fell in love with the game. I always wanted to be like him, and I wanted to play for BYU. And when I was in high school and I was, as I was getting recruited, and I saw that college basketball was a reality for my future, I wanted to be nowhere else but at BYU. And I have the opportunity to, to play for BYU now and to wear 33 just like my dad, and it's a really special, special feeling and a special bond that we have. For whatever reason, even when he was little, he had this fascination with, with shoes. I had a handful of Jordans, and I started collecting retro Jordans because I, I actually played in original Jordans. So he just had a fascination of, of shoes, and eventually he grew up to the point where he and I wore the same size shoe. The handful of shoes that I had collected over the years seemed to start disappearing. And <laughs> my question to him was, where are my shoes going? And his answer was, well, you're old, you don't, you don't wear shoes anymore. I'm young, I can wear shoes and they fit, so. The one thing I know is, you know, the players now get these cost of attendance checks, so they get their scholarship check, which is food, room, board, books, and everything else, and then they get a check on top of it that's their living expenses. And I'm pretty sure 100% of Dalton's cost of attendance check goes to shoes. He talks about shoes all the time, and you know, he's always got the nicest gear and swag, and he helps me out with what, what I need to be wearing also. I'm a huge sneakerhead. I love shoes. I love being able to, to dress up with a nice pair of shoes off the court, and I also love playing in some exclusive shoes on the court as well. I'm always looking to get my next pair. It's been fun to kind of share that connection with him. The great thing now is he goes to BYU, he gets shoes, and I'm stealing them from him now. So <laughs> I met my wife here at BYU. And as we were dating, and I knew that I wanted to be engaged to her, I cleaned out the closet and did some spring cleaning. I sold about 20 to 30 pairs of Jordans. When I first started dating him, I went and saw his shoe collection, and I didn't realize how many shoes he has. And then he started selling them, and I didn't know it was to buy a ring for me. It worked out, you know. She said yes, and... We're happily married. He still has a ton, and he still collects, and I love that about him because that's just something he's really passionate about, and he'll probably do that forever. I'm excited to graduate following the season. My wife is a junior on the volleyball team and still has a year to play, so, you know, it's a time where I'm trying to consider what the best thing is for our family. I look forward to being able to, to start a family in the future and hopefully stay close to BYU, stay close to the ties, and whatever opportunities come, I look forward to. I'm very proud of my son. He's, uh, he's my, only son, <laughs> my only son. 
As I look back on, on his life, he's married now, he's, he's a grown-up, but uh, I'm absolutely proud of him and everything that he's uh, been able to accomplish. I think he'll be a, a wonderful father and look forward for the future to see what he can accomplish in life. Dalton says he's excited to graduate. You're not excited to lose him. No, no, but I, you just think about this. I mean, his story is like, how can you not cheer for this team, right? Uh, I, I mean, you, you, there's a, I, I can't remember if it was UNLV words, but Dalton had his, I think, third consecutive three, and Leanne told me this later, but she noticed Kevin in the stands just like going crazy. <laughs> and... And that's, a, that's, that's, that's just a demonstration of one, of course, of that bond between father and son, but also all the hours. I actually got to watch it because he was, I was here at BYU before when he was just young in high school, and they would end up being at, you know, rolling to the gym at all kind of hours just to get shots up and, and the kind of work they've done together. And, and uh, it just, it just, uh, this, that's the best part of athletics. And then of all the things that we have to thank Michael Jordan for, we also get to thank him for the ring, right? I mean, that's so just an unbelievable story, unbelievable young man. That's a pretty solid return on investment with those shoes, I it think, sure, right? It sure is. <laughs> Go figure. That's really smart. We're a week away, fans, from the final football game of the season as the Cougars play the Rainbow Warriors in the Hawaii Bowl. Pre-game begins at Christmas Eve on BYU Radio at 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific. BYU TV's countdown to kickoff starting an hour later from both Honolulu and Provo. Coming up, the former national number one hoops recruit is now a BYU assistant coach, and he joins us live in studio. Our visit with Chris Burgess coming up next on BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. Welcome back to BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. Well, uh, more than 20 years ago, Chris Burgess was a high school hoops sensation who played in college ball for two of the biggest names in the game. Eventually, Mike Krzyzewski at Duke and Rick Majerus at Utah. Now he continues to make a name for himself on the bench at BYU. Please welcome in tonight's special guest, Coach Chris Burgess. Hello, Coach. How you doing? Good to see you. Very well. Let's start with among the most recent things that have happened in this program, and that is uh, a big W in Salt Lake City on Saturday against Utah State. You know how important the, the in-state games are. Yeah. You had one get away from you a little while ago. Great to get back and, and get a game with almost as much intensity against Utah State. This game, um, in-state rival, all that stuff, but personally, you know, I was fired up. I mean, I lost to him twice as a player, 0-2, hmm. and, and then as a coach, we've lost to him. As a coach, we've lost as a coaching staff, we've lost to him a few times. And so to go against like a top 25 team that's picked to win the Mount West, Mount West Player of the Year, returner, um, Kata being back, um, our guys were locked in. After the game Tuesday, our guys were locked in Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And they followed everything in terms of tendencies, personnel, scout. They followed everything to a T. And the way they would play what we were trying to take away. Um, so the win was, was, was fantastic. And it, and it felt like kind of an NCAA tournament environment, right, like at a regional site such as the Vivint Center, yeah. uh, playing against a team that some people think could be as high as maybe a five or six seed, um, and to win the way we won um, in a defensive battle against some, some changing defenses uh, was just fantastic. And we got a number of guys who, like, you know, Jake has was five or six points, and we're still winning, right? We still won the game. So it was just a culmination of a bunch of things against a really good team that's well-coached. 
Coach, not, coach and I can tell you this, but this yeah. was his scout. <laughs> and so, you know, these guys have maybe four or five days between scouts to prepare for the next one. But I'm pretty sure he spent the last yeah. the last six months kind of cooking <laughs> this baby up. And Sneaking was, some Utah State team in when you can. When and you can. and yeah. what was beautiful about it was to watch – Watch Chris not only develop kind of the game plan and how he's going to attack it, but also like sell it to our players. That's the real power of doing this. And he was able to sell it to our guys where they really believed and, and got an unbelievable performance on the defensive end. It was a big time, big time win, big time job by him. Chris, uh, Mark, Coach Pope concluded his, his college career right as yours was about yeah. to begin, right? So, uh, you know, Mark was new in the NBA, I guess, when you were just starting out at Duke. Had your paths ever crossed? So not physically, but I went on an official visit to Kentucky um, in my senior year, I think in October, and they were just coming off the national championship in 96. So I went in October of 96. They won in April of 96, and Coach Pope had been drafted um, by the Pacers at the time. And so Coach Patino, was, that was his last year mm-hmm. that he was going to that Kentucky. And so they were really selling me, because of our religious backgrounds and similar okay. positions, they were really selling me on kind of the next Coach Pope. Well, Mark Pope, one <laughs> Coach Pope. I know, I know Pope. Coach Pete was like, I'm great with the Mormons, Chris. Yeah. I'm great with the Mormons. <laughs> so they were really selling me on that. And obviously, you, you, you've seen Coach um, and those Kentucky play for the last, I mean, couple years. And so I had known of him, known about his background. And then I really got to know his background when Coach Pitino and the assistants were recruiting me. Um, so that was kind of the pass really I crossed. And then I was in training camp with the Suns in preseason, and Coach was with the New York Knicks. And we, we had played each other. Um, I didn't get off the bench. I don't know if Coach was dressed or not, but he was with the Knicks. I was with the Suns. Um, and it was actually the game, Coach remembers, Antonio McDice oh, tore his knee. Right? Yeah, it was, it was uh, the microfracture or something like that. So yeah. Antonio McDice for the Knicks, it tore his knee. So mm. that was kind of the two, other than, other than when we got to coaching, that was the two times we kind of crossed paths, one, one non-physical and the other one. Gotcha. I guess you could say we didn't really go against each other, but our teams did. Okay, uh, better college player. <laughs> Coach. Oh, stop. Yeah, he That's ridiculous. He won the national championship. I lost in the championship. This Chris, so. Burgess, <laughs> this Chris Burgess was the best player in high school basketball, one of the top players in college basketball, and still is, still is probably one of the best players in our locker room right now. Offensively, uh, probably not defensively. <laughs> <laughs> There's uh, Coach Burgess on the left and, a yeah. coach, uh, of course, uh, Coach Pope with, that with, with a championship T-shirt there on the right from the U.K. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you've, well, did you ever think that you'd end up at BYU one way or the other somehow? The Hoops life is a long life, yeah. right? So did you ever think, eh? I never really thought about, like when I got into coaching, I, was, I just wanted to coach. It didn't matter where. I wanted to coach. I wanted to be involved with the game. I wanted to be, uh, give back to the game, but also learn more about the game. Um, and so when I started working for a coach at Utah Valley, like, you know, there's always a possibility because you're in the state. Um, that you can maybe get, you know, move on there or get hired there, um, whether it was for Coach Rose or whoever the next coach was. Um, but I didn't really ever think about it. Now, BYU runs deep in my family. Um, you know, my sister played here. My cousin Sam, whoever remembers, plays here. My two brothers, David and Josh, played here during the Arujo era with Sam. Um, and, and, you know, my dad played on the freshman team after uh, Kosich and then went on his mission and came back. And he didn't make the varsity team back there in the 70s. And so it runs deep in my family. Uh, my, my uncles and my, my, my uncles and my grandparents had, you know, season tickets back in the Smithfield house. So, you know, there's always, you know, there's always that. Um, but I always take year by year. At the time when I was at, you know, Utah as an undergrad, I'm just trying to learn as much as I can. When I was at Indian Hills Community College, trying to be the best coach I can there, and everything kind of takes that. And the same thing with Utah Valley. So when Coach had gotten this job, things just kind of worked out to, to, to get to BYU. 
like Coach Pope, uh, you've gotten paid to play like literally all over the world, yeah. right? Uh, <laughs> we're we're going to show you a, a few a few shots here. Yeah. Where and when? So what? Australia, where's this? Kansas, Australia, Great Barrier Reef, a 2004, two, 2003, 2004, 2005 season. Played three seasons there again in Kansas, Australia. That's Puerto Rico for Criollos de Caguas, which is just outside San Juan, about 35 minutes. That's, you can say That's that. in Poland in Zielonogora. Uh, um, Actually, was teammates with my brother David, who played here a year. Yeah, I was the he was the five, I was the four, which was really special. Yeah, flip back to that picture. Your head is in the rim, right That's there. That's what I said. How high we were? This is eight foot rim. The, pole, the, Polish, awesome. the Polish team lifted me up about six inches. You gotta, go forward. That's fine. That's good rim protection. That's a block. That was a block, if I remember. I can oh, tell they, you. The all, guys time That's Chris Dancy. If you guys remember Chris Dancy for the Bulls, I'm going against Chris Dancy there in the Australian league. Um, David, David, ah, laser played at ASU. You got him in the first half. Here's the one right here. Yeah. Look at that. Let's go. That was, <laughs> that was a big game. So in addition to the pictures we just saw, what are some other countries not represented there for you? Philippines, Korea, um, Ukraine, Abu, oh, Abu Dhabi is not a country, but the UAE, which is Abu Dhabi and Dubai. The Emirates, yeah. Um, man, I think that's it. What, what can you add to the mix, Coach Pope? Well, I mean, Turkey. There you go. Turkey. Yeah, that's that's the only place I got to go. The only place <laughs> I got to play was Turkey. Uh, so, but it's it's so. I mean, I could talk for an hour on Coach Burgess and the great things that he does. But one of the things he has experienced in all these countries. So literally, for example, Yoli was going through a process last summer, and and Yoli's kind of talking to some people from a distance, getting evaluations in terms of European scene, and they're like Burgess guys. Like these are his, these are his guys he played with before. They're now owners of teams or or GMs that he knows, and and so that resource that he is for our players, everywhere in the world is so extraordinary. It's a gift, and it's something that's gonna he's gonna carry on with him, and it's gonna it's gonna continue to help him as he grows is you know in coaching. Uh, what uh, in terms of staff responsibilities, Coach talked about how you guys get scouts, obviously yeah. team by team. What else are you kind of specializing in? On the I mean, staff I work right? a lot with the bigs. I mean, I love working with the guards too, but I, I spend primarily my time with Dahl, Yoli, Big Colby, Richard, um, and Zach Selius, who's playing some four or five mm-hmm. this year. Um, I do a lot of defensive things. Um, kind of, I kind of lead that with the defensive how how we're guarding the different packages we have, um, recruiting wise, international wise, um, as Coach talked about. Uh, both as professionally and, you know, uh, recruiting-wise. I, I kind of lead that as best I can. I mean, it's, Coach does a great job with all of his assistants. Kind of, there's no really one person. We're all involved. We all talk to each other. We all communicate with each other. There's no, there's, there's no secrecy or anything like that going on in our staff. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are kind of the things I, uh, you know, I have my foot in. I'm not sure if you have the Weber State scout or not, do you? Um, Coach Fieger has Weber State. I'm what, starting to get ready for it. What can you say generally about what yeah. you got coming up this weekend? Well, I got to watch them against Utah the, uh, at that, that game there in the Vivint, and they run a similar offense to we run. A little handout, ball screen action. Um, I think defensively, I think I know what they're going to do game plan wise. They have an assistant coach there who worked with us, and I think I know some of his tendencies, what he likes to do defensively, and how they're going to match up and how they're going to guard us. They're going to get out and run. If you guys watched the Utah game, I think that was what kind of kept them within single digits. Is they just they just ran on ran on Utah every possession they could, whether it was turnovers or long rebounds. They got guards. They're going to play four of them. So you can see here in these highlights, they're trying to run. They know to 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 hang out to hang with us during the game, they know they're going to have to get cheap, easy buckets, just like Utah did, just like Utah State tried to, but couldn't. 
Um, so that's what I think they're going to do that. And if they get to half court, they're going to run a dribble hand up ball screen. And, th- and this Jared Carding, he's been a first team all conference last two years, an all region guy the last two years for a reason. He's a big time scorer. Um, I think he dropped 35, 36 at Utah Valley, and he was injured the first three or four, maybe five games. So he's, he, I think, I don't know how many he had last year, but I think he dropped about 30 last year there up in Ogden. So he's going to have something to prove when he gets here in Provo, and we're, our guys will be locked in. Okay. And uh, guys are locked in on finals first, though, right? Get those out of the way, and you can focus on some hoops on the weekend. That's right. It's a big week. Yeah. Coach Burgess, thanks for coming in tonight. Wait, before thanks, we go, let, yeah. me, let me take two seconds to talk about this cat, sure. okay? So uh, I'm going to do this in less than 72 seconds. <laughs> Is that all right, Jerem? <laughs> Jerem is tough on me. So this Coach Burgess, everybody should notice, this, this, this guy not only was a great player, but he, um, the way he started in the coaching profession is amazing. Okay, and it was what really attracted me. So he was at, came back to the University of Utah where he finished his school, and he was working on the staff there while he was, while he was completing his degree. And then he, he, he made the incredibly rare decision that he wanted to coach more than he wanted to take a safe route. So he went and basically volunteered at Salt Lake Community College for three months until he got picked up as an assistant coach at Indian Hills Junior College, one of the top JUCOs in America, in some tiny town that no human being's ever been to, right? Uh, Iowa. Moved his whole family there, like the ultimate gamers of all time, and um, took that hard path and then has has just crushed it uh, on our staff for four going on his fifth year right now. And um, and does everything in this game so incredibly well. And at some point, all of us at BYU are going to be like, that dude came and coached here, and he went on to do extraordinary things in, in, in college coaching, professional coaching, wherever it is. The end ends up. It's a real, it's a real tribute to have him here. He's done an amazing job kind of on every front, and uh, so much of the success that we have is, of course, due to Coach Fieger and Coach Robinson and, and Coach Burgess. They're doing unbelievable. Well, we're lucky to have you both. Appreciate thanks for being here, Chris. Appreciate it. Okay, thanks. We're back after this. We tell you that we have a trivia question presented by the BYU Store. What is BYU's all-time record against Weber State at the Marriott Center? We'll tell you after our final break. Trivia time. What is BYU's all-time record against Weber State at the Marriott Center? It's a clean, crisp 21-0. and 0. Undefeated. Let's keep it going. There's only a one game on the schedule this week. It is BYU and Weber State Saturday night. It'll be 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Radio pregame one hour before tip. All right, here's an important question. Well, we're going to probably share the broadcast schedule. There it is. Weber and BYU Saturday night. Catch it on the TV and the radio. All right, Q&A for the coach coming up. But first, it's a really important question. And in a new Pope Show feature we call, What Happened? Where we look at some clips from last week and we ask... What happened? <laughs> okay, here we go. I We're like going to run some stuff up. Uh, well, okay, yeah. What? What? What's going on here? Alex Barcelo just giving it to Jazz Johnson. Technically <laughs> celebrating. So this is not our <laughs> finest moment. I think is. Oh boy. And what was this? <laughs> oh boy. The ball. The ball's loose, and then you're why? First of all, why didn't I dive? <laughs> I tell my guys to dive for the ball. You just trying to help out there? I'm so embarrassed that I didn't come up with this 50-50 ball. The whole key of the game was 50-50 balls, and I didn't come up with it. Tony Padilla beat me to the 50-50 ball. Not sacrificing the body there. Uh, Taylor Mon doing uh, Taylor Mon things, it looks like here. No, no, no. His wife goggles, is what? sitting on the other side of the arena. Oh, okay. That's his whole deal, man. He All he does is make googly eyes his wife the whole game. <laughs> uh, we had a blown tire in the Nevada game here. Uh, Jalen Harris losing his shoe. You see the shoe, the shoe's going to get tossed away. He just keeps playing with a sock on, on the left, right side of the floor there. 
What's amazing is if you, if, I don't know if we're going to run that clip again, but if you watch Dalton Nixon, not only does he have great verticality and get a finger on the shot, but he also takes off his shoe all in one, <laughs> all in one swoop. That's defense right there. That's, that's versatile. And then uh, the, the side, what's happening here with the guys? Free throws made, and they're they're they are coordinated. Heaven help us! Look at this. Like, yeah, we know what we got to do. We do that, and then we do that. First of all, that's <laughs> the best timing Rich Harward has ever had in his whole life. And then we have a little soccer happening during the Utah State BYU game here. The ball is just bouncing well, around, and guys are getting nutmegged. And what is happening? Yeah. This, is, this is actually this is what happens in rivalry games, right there. That's a beautiful thing, man. His body's on the floor. Guys dying for the ball. It's it's you just love it. You love and it. finally, the, the Pope family with some choice seats and. And the girls are loving it late, it looks like here. You're going to win. The girls are excited. They're yes. just thinking there's only one more win, and we actually get to have Christmas. <laughs> and we can just win this Saturday. We get Christmas. <laughs> there it is. That's our debut edition of What Happened? I like it. That's good. We might keep it. All right. Uh, social media question for you. At uh, Andrew G. Garrett on Twitter. We have 90 seconds left. We'll fly through it. Uh, your ability to bring in transfers was a big part of your recruiting at UVU. We've already seen you do the same thing here at BYU. With so many seniors on this year's team, are you planning on recruiting more transfers for next year to fill those vacancies? Yeah, I, I mean, I like getting old and staying old as much as we can. It's a huge part of college basketball right now. So uh, we will. We're going to, you know, we're going to try and find the best players we can and, and bring them in here. And it's not a hard sell. This is an extraordinary place. Uh, it's all about, you know, we talk about fit that for players. That was like my shortest answer no, ever. And now we got time. Uh, we talk about fit for players. You know, Coach Burgess is a great coaching fit, right? Oh, my gosh. He's, a, he's extraordinary. Like I, we got a chance to talk about it earlier. But you think about this staff. I'm telling you, there is, there's going to come a day when we look back at this time with these assistants and we're like, those guys were all together. And we're like, look at the extraordinary things they're doing now. Uh, we're really blessed here at BYU to have this staff. They're unbelievable. They, they, they love these kids. They're caring about these kids. They're growing them, and they're big-time basketball coaches. Want to get some brownies now? Let's go. Come on. Let's break. We're going to let the crowd get the brownies. Uh, we have a break uh, with holidays. we got New Year's. we got Christmas Eve next week and New Year's Eve the week after. So we'll take a holiday break. We're back on January 7th, and so uh, I guess we'll see you all then. So for Coach uh, Chris Burgess and Mark Pope, my name is Greg Grubel, and this has been BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. We're going to enjoy some brownies outside here in the lobby here at Studio C. Thanks for Coach Pope for hitting that. That was, that was important. BYU hey, Diamonds. Happy holidays. Go Cougs. We'll see you in a couple of weeks.